and Brock Lesnar comes out running with you know Kirby behind him. Yo, leave Paul Heyman alone. No, man, this whole thing frustrates me. Apple is the podcast where we talk about everything from professional wrestling to whether or not Game of Thrones is the most overhyped TV show in the history of television. Most overhyped? I don't know. Now you gotta compare that along with like The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos. Well, there wasn't social media like when The Sopranos True. Well, there was, but it wasn't like as prominent as it is today. Uh, no. Because I don't see a lot of people talking about Game of Thrones like they did for The Walking Dead for me. Really? Yeah. I can't go on fi- on social media on a Sunday or on a Monday without Game of Thrones just flooding my newsfeed. Yeah, no. Uh, for me, it's The Walking Dead. Like, excuse me. The Walking Dead is... Everyone. Everyone was talking about it. Fair enough. Well, anyway. You're listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples Apples. That's Grapples on number two apples or you might be catching us on google play music or on apple podcasts now as always i'm your host well one of your hosts will the thrill the poetarian shakespearean candidate major english whatever you need me to be maybe that's why i be because that's who i is and as usual joined by a very very disappointed oh we don't be disappointed mr sunglasses at night himself yeah boy shades now, why you may be asking Mr. Shades is disappointed as well. Today, right now, we're going to be discussing, reviewing, recapping 2019's WWE Money in the Bank. Now, there's some good, there's some bad, and there's some there's whole, some ugly. Whole, whole lot of ugly. There's a whole lot of ugly. So, without further ado, please. Call someone from Game of Thrones and ring that bell. Now, I know we normally like to go in order of the matches, but I kind of just want to get this out of the way. Okay. Can we? I, I don't necessarily like doing this, but we can. Why? So, the, final, the, the, the main event of the show was, you know, the... Uh, the, the match that it that the show is for. It's the Money in the Bank ladder match. It was the men's ladder match, which featured Andrade Cien Almas, Mustafa Ali, Fit Balor, uh, Drew McIntyre, uh, Baron Corbin, and Ricochet. Who am I missing? Randy Orton. And Randy Orton. And, oh, so close. And Randy Orton. And originally, there was supposed to be Braun Strowman, and then he got replaced by uh, Sami Zayn, who then just got taken out of the match. So by, seven guys. By allegedly Braun Strowman. Yeah. I knew it wasn't Braun. So, we have seven guys in this match, and this match was fantastic. Mm-hmm. These guys were putting their bodies on the line. Even guys who you don't typically think of doing that stuff, like, Baron Corbin showed out. He didn't do any crazy, like, Daredevil stuff, but he caught, I think it was Ricochet, who went for a suicide dive, caught him and turned it into a deep six. Yep. And it was flawless. Mm-hmm. These guys, they all showed out. They all played their part. They all did what they're supposed to do, and and they put on a fantastic match. It's like they were 
fighting for a blood contract. Like, they were, yeah. you know, let's put every... Finn Balor, especially. Oh, well, Finn, I'm pretty sure Finn is going to have to have, like, it, back surgery. Finn, no back Balor. Finn, no back he Balor. Is, he, took, he took a beating. But this, the finish of this match is a prime example of something that you kind of brought to my attention a while ago that I didn't always believe in, which I'm starting to understand and starting to agree with you, where the finish of the show, the finish of the main event, can have huge bearings on your feelings of the entire show as a, as a, as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a prime example of that, because the match was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The rest of the show as a whole was good. Yeah. But the because of the finish of this match... I'm left with a sour taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I'm left just scratching my head. I don't understand this. Because at the end, the, the finish of the match is Mustafa Ali at the top of the ladder about to grab briefcase. And all of a sudden, you hear the most frustrating guitar riff in the history of guitar riffs. And Brock Lesnar comes out running with, you know, Kirby behind him. Yo, leave Paul Heyman alone. No, man, this whole thing frustrates me. He comes down, he clears house. Kirby. <laughs> and, and Brock Lesnar wins the Money in the Bank ladder match. As the eighth participant. And it's so stupid. A, it makes no sense booking-wise. And B, even kayfabe, it makes no sense. You're supposed to have eight guys. You don't have an eighth guy. You proceed with the match anyway. And so what? Just anyone can just jump into the match and win it? So if that's the case, why not any of the other men who were not originally in this match? Why didn't they all come out to participate in this match? Kevin Owens could have came out after losing to Kofi Kingston. Could have done anything. Any think uh, Again, kayfabe-wise. Think about all the, the guys who work for WWE, who are in the back, or in the locker room, who did not qualify, were not thought of for the ladder match, and then there's an opening. If that was you, would you not just run out there? I would. Right? Mm-hmm. Even if I'm, like, lower card, only on main event, if, if someone told me there's an open spot, anyone can go and grab it, Shoot, I'm gearing up and I'm running out there. Listen, even if I'm not in gear, I'll go down there in my suit, in a tracksuit, whatever. whatever, cardboard box. If there's an opportunity for the Money in the Bank contract, which will guarantee you a title opportunity at your choosing, you go down there. Right. So, assuming that's the case, that it was open for anybody, where's everybody else? Okay, so maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe it wasn't open for anybody. Then why was Brock allowed to do this? So now going back to removing kayfabe, but going back to the actual like IRL booking of it, why does Brock need this? Yeah, I we were we were discussing this after uh, Money in the Bank went off the air. It's like Brock Brock is in air quotes I'm using, but he is box office. Mm-hmm. When when Brock Lesnar comes onto Raw or into a pay per view, it helps with the numbers. Unfortunately. And you stated their numbers haven't been good recently. Awful. So maybe that this is something to get the ratings back. But we said that Brock doesn't need this. He doesn't. He can just, he's Brock Lesnar. He can just go to Seth Rollins and be like, I want my rematch. The way they book Brock and his character, this makes no sense. 
Yeah. Because Brock is supposed to be kick ass, take names, don't care. I'm Brock Lesnar. I can beat an he's Yeah, a he's the conqueror. So why would he bother with this? Why wouldn't he just show up and just challenge Seth Rollins? It's like we wasted eighteen. You had seven guys spend eighteen and a half minutes busting their ass for not a single one of them to get the payoff. And guys who could have used it, like McIntyre, like Andrade, they, they you could have catapulted either one of them into the main event scene. For sure. But now, we're left with Brock and Seth. And where do you go with Kofi Kingston now? Because he beat Kevin Owens fair and square. Yep. Who is another top heel on SmackDown to face Kofi Kingston? That's believable. Like, all right, yeah. He can beat Kofi. I mean, anybody can beat Kofi. I can beat Kofi. Who do you have? I don't know. The booking of this just makes no sense. And to me, it's such an insult. If I'm Finn or, or Ricochet or Ali or Andrade, these guys who literally spent the whole match putting their bodies through hell, I'd be pissed. I'm sure they're not because these are company guys. Mm-hmm. You know, every single one of those guys are guys who do it for the business, for the sake of the company, for the business. Mm-hmm. They're not really here to ruffle feathers. But man... Like, the beating that these guys took, getting put through ladders, through bouncing tables. off ladders, through tables, taking Spanish flies off the top ladder, like, all of these things, for nothing? For Brock? For us to end up ba- back at square one? Mm-hmm. We were just here. The whole point of Seth winning at WrestleMania was to free us of this crap. Well, Why are we back here? It could have been that, you know, Brock wanted to get into training for his MMA, like, return. And then when that went kaput, and they called off the Cormier-Lesnar fight, Brock already signed his contract extension with the WWE, so it's like, so all right. let him do something else. But what is he going to do? I don't know, man. But not, not this. Don't let him have him show up tomorrow night on Raw. For what? To challenge? Yes. Seth, such a, Seth beat AJ, so Seth is clean. Mm-hmm. Seth is in a clean slate. Yes. So let Brock come out tomorrow night and challenge Seth. With the, he doesn't need the briefcase for that. Mm-hmm. And you start right. to build the briefcase winner's momentum towards whenever they cash. This is dumb. If you have McIntyre win it, or even Corbin win it, you have Seth and Brock, like, uh, a hellacious match for Seth Rollins. He comes out on top. Their music hits. He cashes. Mo- they cash money in the bank. In that's how Seth drops the belt. Instead, we're going to have the opposite now, where Seth is facing McIntyre or Corbin, or that's basically the only two that I can see them. Him going into a feud with next Lesnar coming out to cash in money in the bank. It's not a Lesnar move to do it's that. It's not. It doesn't make any sense. And, like, part of the excitement of the Money in the Bank contract is the when will they, spur the moment, like, on who, how's it all like it. Like, it's, it's exciting because you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That was part of Carmella's thing. Carmella held it for, like, the entire year, but she would constantly come out and tease it. Mm-hmm. You never knew what was going to happen. We have nothing now because the women's got cashed in on the same night. 
Two years in a row. Two years in a row. And the men's is in Brock's hands. It's a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. So the money the bank contract means nothing this year. It's like, so this, this pay-per-view went... The, at least the ladder matches were irrelevant now. Yeah. I mean, we did have some good come out of the women's money for in the sure, bank match. For sure, for sure. But, <clears throat> I don't know. People were happy last year when Braun won it. I was cool with Braun winning. Because I like Braun. I didn't think he necessarily needed it, but... Mm -hmm. This time, we have Brock win it. And I'm not... Like I said, I, I he doesn't need it. McIntyre... Like, McIntyre and Andrade would have benefited the most from this. For sure. But now... I don't I don't even care when Brock does it. I just want to say, just do it get it over with. 100%. I would 100% agree. But anyway, okay... Not that we got that out of our system. Let's backtrack. You're talking about rewinding to the beginning yeah, of the show? Yeah, let's, let's, let's start off the show. And when we come back to this, we can actually go into detail of the actual match itself. Okay. So, we, we have hit, the kickoff show. Yeah. Six o'clock on the eastern seaboard. <laughs> Only match on the kickoff show. The Usos versus Daniel Bryan, the reigning tag team champions, Daniel Bryan, SmackDown tag team champions, Daniel Bryan, and Rowan. Mm-hmm. If this was for the belts, Daniel Bryan and Rowan winning no matter what. For sure. But because it was a non-title match and the Usos already lost on Tuesday to Daniel Bryan and Rowan, we knew that the Usos were going to win this. Mm-hmm. And what did they do? They win it. The match... Let me start off at the beginning. The Usos, in terms of their trash talking, it's very hit and miss for me. Mm-hmm. Their whole welcome to the Uso penitentiary thing, love it. That's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Stick with it. Mm-hmm. But you alluded to this a couple of weeks ago. Like, what are they doing on Raw where they're doing these practical jokes and these... Usi hot with the the revival, mm-hmm. and then SmackDown. You're the wrestling team now. Like, why do you have two different personas on two different shows? Mm-hmm. And tonight they kind of blended that. Yeah. Where they're they're trying to insult Daniel Bryan and Rowan, Oops. and it doesn't make sense. SpongeBob and Patrick. But it, it, uh, for me, I was like, where, where does that come from? Well, the idea is that um, Daniel Bryan is the smaller one, so he's SpongeBob, and Rowan is the the bigger moron, Patrick. So, it's lazy. Well, yeah. I didn't say it was good. I was just explaining it. You could have gone Ren and Stimpy, Pinky and the Brain, anything. But Diego, SpongeBob and Patrick. Well, do you get more dopey than Patrick? I mean, Pinky was pretty... He was, yeah, but he was a doofus. Yeah, he was a doofus. He wasn't like a dope. Mm. Pinky was mad skinny. You're not calling Rowan Pinky. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite. Like, Pinky was tall and skinny and Brain was short short and fat. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) But they had their match. I hope that this is the end of the Usos doing the whole wildcard thing because I don't need to see them on both Raw and SmackDown. The only thing is, what does Daniel Bryan and Rowan do now? Because there's the B team. And that's it. The B team's the only team on, on SmackDown I can think of right now. 
SmackDown has no tag team division because they got gutted in the Superstar Shakeup as a knee jerk reaction to the fact that Raw had no tag team division. So no, they have all the tag team and the SmackDown has nothing. Doesn't that's, that's, it doesn't make any sense. But that was the only match on the cable <clears throat> show. But we get a surprise entrance. So this was confusing, because at like 6.59, Naomi's music hits. And I'm like, what? Now, I've been watching this these shows like every month, the last X amount of like time or whatever. Like three years. And it's always the same thing. You have the kickoff show, they the announcers kind of usher you into the main show, you get the little credit thing in the corner, then they start the show proper, where you get the then now forever, blah blah blah. They have the big promo package to open the show, and then they cut to the fans and blah blah blah. Welcome, yada, money in the bank. No, at six fifty nine, Naomi's coming out. While her, she's coming down the ramp, we get the credit logo the, the in the water, corner, yeah, the watermark, the watermark in the in the corner, and then the commentators usher you in to the main show. They cut to black and do the whole freaking thing. They go then now forever. Huge promo package for the entire pay per view. Welcome to Hartford. Blah blah blah. Money they're, in the they're, bank. They're in a, in, a, in a pullout, like like in a far. I forgot the actual technical uh, word is for the for the for the shot, but like it's in the distance. Basically, the mm-hmm. ring is in the distance. And then they they come in, and Naomi is just standing in the middle of the ring while the money 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 song with the money in the bank theme song is playing. Mm-hmm. And she's just standing there, and then. They cut the money, money, money music and go back to her music, and, and she continues to her dancing. dancing. Yeah, starts, starts dancing. I was like, "What kind of production mess is this?" I mean, this is nonsensical. Like, you have her standing around for probably five minutes to start dancing again. Why couldn't you just wait until they open the show, have her come out, and then go from there? You save yourself what fifteen seconds by starting her off early. What but was, but what it, was it messed up the flow of for sure her. Her flow, technically. It just made no sense. It was so dumb. Anyway, so, yeah, so she comes in in that weird, disjointed way. But there was the start of the opening match, which was the women's man money in the bank ladder match. You know, whenever they have two of the same gimmick matches, they always open with one and close with one. Mm-hmm. So they open with the women's, so they closed out with the men's. Uh, the match for me was a little slow to pick up. Yeah. To start, it was a little... Draggy, and then once they started to incorporate the ladders, you can see the women start to get a little bit more comfortable. Well, in the beginning, they all look like they couldn't lift the ladder. Right. And then, I want to say it was Nikki Cross who really brought the ladder in and started like, yeah, helicoptering and yeah, 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 and and like incorporating the ladder and stuff, and then. All the women started hitting their stride once they got a little bit more comfortable around the ladder. Right. And then, so the next the next thing, I still am not sure whether or not it was a work or a shoot, but Carmella is in the middle of an exchange with Mandy Rose. Mandy kicks the ladder, mm-hmm. and the ladder hits Carmella in the leg. Yeah, her knee. And her knee. So then Carmella starts selling the knee, but she's selling it in a way that looked legit. Yeah. Where, like, she's pushing Mandy Rose, and she's not pushing her away, like, in a wrestling way. She's pushing her away, and she's saying, no, stop, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Almost like, yo, like, for real, you hurt me. Yeah, yeah, like, X is up right now. We're right. Right. So then Mandy Rose went back at her again, and she pushed her away. She's like, yo, stop. Mm-hmm. 
And then she is slowly rolled out. She like the referees come around her. Then another ref comes down. Two mm-hmm. trainers come out. So I'm like, yo, Jay, I think like I think she shoot hurt her knee. Yeah. So they escort her up the ramp. And what also kind of made me think it was it was shoot is they didn't really mention it. They weren't talking about it much mm-hmm. until like it was clear they were gonna take her to the back. Yeah. So I was like, okay, don't know if this is work, don't know if this is shoot, but Carmelo was escorted out, so now we just had the seven women that were Naomi, Dana Brooke, Bailey, um, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon. Shoot. Who did I repeat? You didn't repeat anybody, but you're missing one person. I'm missing one person? One person. One woman. Mandy Rose, Carmella, Naomi. Oh, Nikki Cross. Yeah, but you didn't say Natalia either. Oh, Natalia. Yeah. Sorry. She doesn't count. She's just like, she's not a thing. She's not a thing. <laughs> she's not a thing. I'm sorry. If you don't have your own personality, you're not a thing. Uh, and she was barely in the match. I don't even remember her in the match. She had some spots. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, she ate that, that uh, eclipse. Yeah. Where, at some point in the match, there's a ladder in the outside of the ring. Ember Moon climbs up it. Natalia's, like doing whatever she's doing in the ring and Ember Moon jumps off the ladder on the outside and hits Natalia with an eclipse on the inside and I was like that's that's nice that's that's, that's nice I like that one that was, that, was, one. that was a good spot that was a good spot uh, and then towards the end so the the finish so now th- going back to Carmella's thing I still to me this doesn't solve anything because the finish Carmella comes out hobbling with her knee taped up. She comes out. She has like one spot with uh, Mandy Rose. Sets up the ladder. Goes up the ladder. As she's at the top of the ladder. Sonya Deville comes out. And pulls, she, she pulls her leg down. And she pulls her leg down. And then she helps up Mandy Rose. So from here on in, Carmella's done. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know if this says anything. Because if that's all they needed her to do... They probably asked her, Carmella, can you do the spot? Yeah. And she probably was like, I could probably do it. It's fine. You know? But then again, if she's legit, like, not hurt, then of course she could do this. So it doesn't say anything to me. I don't know. So Sonya Deville goes to help Mandy Rose, but Mandy Rose is, like, knocked out. So Sonya Deville puts her in a fireman's carry and starts climbing the ladder with Mandy Rose on her shoulders. I was like, Damn, Sonya Deville, you definitely don't skip like this. Yeah, she definitely doesn't. She she fireman carried her all the way up, about three quarters of the way. No, almost to the the like third to last rung. Oh, that's crazy, crazy. And then finally, Manny Rose comes too. Sonya Deville is still trying to like push her yeah, up. She's trying to, like she's nudging her, her, she's her, she's yeah. nudging her, nudging her, trying to push her, and then runs up Bailey, looks at them dead in the face, runs up Bailey. Bailey runs up. Bailey runs up. <laughs> looks him dead in the face. Pushes them both. And then Bailey reaches up. Unlatches the uh, briefcase. And yeah. Bailey is Miss Money in the Bank. Bailey in the Bank. Bailey in the Bank, as the sign said, yeah. Bailey in the Bank. Well, when we were talking about predictions, we said it had to be either Mandy Rose or Bailey. Yeah. They were the only two that made sense. They... they 
while they can both benefit from it. 100%. The WWE's high on Mandy Rose. They're trying to push it, so that makes sense. And Bailey needs it coming out of, you know, her coming over to SmackDown, the whole stuff with her and Sasha, blah, blah, blah. Who they mentioned Who they by mentioned name. Sasha by name. by name a bunch for the first time since the whole fiasco. And it's funny, because people are on the social media on Twitter like, oh, they're calling out Sasha, oh, WWE's smacking on Sasha. That's not the case, because Bailey and Sasha are legit friends. Mm-hmm. So Bailey would not be doing that if she is trying, like, she wouldn't be subbing, quote-unquote, Sasha Banks. Yeah. That's not, I think more to me is, it looks like the bridges are finally getting mended. Sasha's probably on her way back soon. Hopefully. So, yeah. The the women's the women's ladder match for me was I really wanted Mandy Rose to to win because I need a heel with this well after the way it played out the way it played out it worked out yeah so I would have really also for my predictions because I had Mandy Rose I would have loved Mandy Rose to be yeah and then she could have she could have played it off like I don't need anybody and then her and Sonya can get into a like finally break up and do whatever from there but mm-hmm. whatever I'm happy that Bailey won I would have really liked for your booking to have gone through because mm. that would have been they, they still can do it they can it's just gonna be a but little it doesn't, different but it doesn't work anymore because right. we'll get to it later yeah for the next match we had <clears throat> Samoa Joe defending the United States Championship against Rey Mysterio now, it was a really, really quick match. Just just over a minute. No. Yeah, about a minute, a minute 39. It was a minute, well, they've had two matches, two pay-per-view matches. Both matches totaling less than five minutes. Yep. Holy so the cow. one at Mania was a minute exact. Jesus. And this is a minute 39, so total two minutes and 39 seconds. These two have had pay-per-view matches. So... The major spot in this match was Ray was on the apron, kicks Joe, and goes for the seated senton. But I don't know if Ray jumped too high or he just slid down. I think it was just off the bounce because he, he hit him on the chest, mm-hmm. but then he bounced and then fell on his face. So it had to be Ray's tailbone or his butt cheek. Something basically smashed Samoa Joe's face and we didn't see that he was actually bleeding until the match ending of the match. Yeah. And Ray does I don't even know what the move was. I think it was some sort of like power bomb reverse into his uh, head scissors. That he uh, wasn't a Rana? I mean, head scissors are very similar to a Rana. Okay. So it goes one, two, three. And we're looking at each other like, did that really happen? <laughs> and it did. And they go back to the replay, and it, it's, it's clear as day. His shoulder's way up. His shoulder's up after one. Way up. Not even, it's not even like kind of up. Nah. Nah, it was up, was up. up, up. And it, down, down. It, it was... Rooster cockadoodle doo in the morning up. It's five o'clock in the morning up. And the ref is literally in front of him. Yeah. One, two, three. Joe leaves the ring. 
Dominic, Rey Mysterio's son, comes out, and they're celebrating. Joe comes out and puts the beats on Rey Mysterio right. again. I would have... How old is Dominic? 20, 21? Something like that. He's got to be in his 20s by now. I would have really appreciated Joe beating up Dominic to stick it to Rey Mysterio. I'm sure there's, they're probably saving that. But if there was any opportunity to do it, now would have been the time. He took your United States Championship from you. He, you know, he made you bleed, beat up his son. But he just beat up Rey Mysterio, and that's it. He put the beats on him, though. Was it uh, Yurinagi twice? Senton. Senton. And he put some on from that Senton. I, I would just... I think for story purposes, him beating up Dominic would mean more yeah. as to him beating up Ray, Or at least... Dominic trying to come and defend his father. You know there's a reason, though. Like, like that definitely wasn't accidental. Mm-hmm. Whether, like, Dominic getting involved not getting involved, I 100% think it's they're planting the seeds. Because just like you said, oh, man, Dominic's right there. They could have done something with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure all the fans are the same thing. So now you put the idea in fans' heads that Dominic can be involved in an, in an altercation one way or the other. So you plant that seed, you let it fester, and then when it happens, there's a bigger payoff. It's all about the build. My thing is... Does Dominic have even... Does he even have wrestling experience? No idea. No idea. Because it could just be Joe beating him up for five minutes. And then Ray coming in and throwing in the towel so his son doesn't get hurt anymore. Right. No and idea. then I could start a feud between him and Ray. Like, I had a dad, blah, 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 all this other stuff. Whatever. <laughs> Don't go down the rabbit hole. No, I know. Don't go down the rabbit hole. It's not worth it. They're going to they're gonna poop on it anyway. <laughs> Piss all over our IDs. That's all they do. So, the next match was the WrestleMania repeat. WrestleMania rematch. It was the Miz versus Shane McMahon. This time in a steel cage match. Um... Was this the the feud to end all feuds? This was boring. Yes, it was. It was boring. It had an ugly frog splash. When when the guy wins because he loses his shirt, I mean. Well, let's 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 talk about the rules to a steel cage match. <sighs> yeah. Pinfall submission. Oh, escape yeah, the cage. yeah, 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 okay. There's yeah, no yeah. disqualifications. That is correct. There is no rope break. Or should, there shouldn't be. Or so we thought. Right. The Miz puts Shane in the figure four. Shane grabs the ropes and kind of like pulls himself towards the door so it forces the Miz to break it so if not he'll escape. Mm-hmm. Fine. Makes sense. The ref didn't force him to stop the submission because there's, again... No rope break. No rope break. So why does the Miz wallop Shane with a chair, pick him up, skull-crushing finale on the chair, turns him over, one, two, leg on the rope, ref stops the count. How does that make sense? any sense and they're trying to play it off as 
oh, the ref has a job to do, and if he doesn't, you know... He was scared of losing his job. Yeah. He's scared he of Shane McMahon. So... I'm like, well, that's crap. Then why is he refing this? Mm-hmm. Then shouldn't you have an impartial party that Shane has no effect on to referee every single one of his matches? Oh, everyone that's there is under his dad's... But that's what I'm saying. But if it's a, so if Shane wrestling creates a conflict of interest for the referees, then A, he should not be able to participate in any matches, or B, any referee should either have some sort of amnesty or should be someone who is above Shane that Shane cannot fire. So you want to go down that route, I can do this all day. Don't play with me, boy. <laughs> Please don't. So that's not a thing. That's like, no, false. Try again. I don't understand. You can't have ref rules for one match and then they don't exist for another. And this is part of the... I mean, look, they play fast and lose their rules all the time. Yes. All the time. But this show had so many, like, do rules even matter? And it was the same ref that botched one of the, the endings in, in the women's championship match. It's like, why would he stop the count? Doesn't make any sense. And then they're just trying to make excuses for him. Still doesn't make any sense. No. And at the towards the end of the match, you have The Miz and Shane fighting at the top of the cage. And Shane gets over, and The Miz is trying to, like, suplex him back into the ring mm-hmm. and just grabs his shirt <laughs> and Shane kind of like slithers out of it, falls down and wins the match. And I'm like awesome. This feud's going to continue now. So stupid. This should have been to end the feud and be done with it. 100%. We're not going to get that. What we're going to get is probably this going into the Super Showdown. And then, hopefully, it ends there. When's Hell in a Cell? Backlash is the next pay-per-view. Hell in a Cell's in September. Is it really? Yeah. Because I was saying, maybe they're upping the ante. You know, it was Falls Count Anywhere WrestleMania. The Steel Cage match today. No, Hell in a Cell's in September because after SummerSlam, that's when Braun Strowman and... Roman had that match for the Universal title and Brock Lesnar came and ruined everything. Yep. September. In Atlanta, Georgia. In Georgia. So Shane O'Mac wins. Yay. Who cares? Exactly. Who cares? Who cares? I was so just... This match, the next match, which is very... And for different reasons. For different reasons. This match, the next match, I could have done without. Yeah. Are you going to lead us into is that? Is that me or is that you? It's you. All right. So the following match was Tony Nese versus Ari Davari for the Cruiserweight Championship. Now, I'm always a star supporter for the Cruiserweight guys and 205 Live and all that. But this match just had nothing going for it, man. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And it's not because and it's not because Tony Nese and Ari Davari did not put in work. There was just nothing. You follow a match like the Steel Cage match, and one, it had a a, a boring pace to it, mm-hmm. and then you have a bad finish. Mm-hmm. And you have the Cruiserweights are supposed to be fast-paced. and I mean, you know, Tony Nese was doing his 
his athletic stuff. Mm-hmm. But for at at that time, it was just like, hey, we don't need this. This match could have been on the pre-show. I thought it was gonna be on the kickoff show. And these are not like when you think of the cruiserweights, I don't think of Tony Nese and Ari Davari. Yeah, no. You know, of all the, they 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 love putting the cruiserweights on the on the kickoff show, and of all the kick on all of all the cruiserweight matches to put on the main card, this was the wrong one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But what do I know? But Tony Nese wins, and that 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 was there was no real highlights to this match. Nothing. I can't think of a single spot even that I was like, oh man, that was cool. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, no. I got nothing. I mean, Tony Nese hit like a very flush 450 splash. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That's how he won with the 450. No, he didn't. He no? Won. No, he won with the, the, the knee. Oh, the knee in the corner. Yeah. Knee in the corner, you're right. I'm sorry. I thought he was going to win with the 450, but they didn't. He kicked yeah. out. Yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. My bad, my bad. The next match, Becky Two Belts defending the Raw Women's Championship against the sassy Southern Belle, Ugh. Lacey Evans. Bane of my existence. This match wasn't bad. This is a, a very good showing for Lacey Evans, especially since they gave them plenty of time. Plenty of time. My thing is. Lacey Evans is working the arm the whole match. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, Becky Popeyes it, eats her spinach, and she's good. <laughs> like, she. There's absolutely zero damage done to her arm. Yeah. The biggest issue with this match was the ref again. Mm-hmm. Where Lacey wraps up Becky in. A schoolboy mm-hmm. or a schoolgirl in this instance. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Her shoulders are clearly down. The ref gets down in position to count, but Doesn't never count. counts. And you count it, it's yo one, two, three, four. four. Becky kicks out, puts her in the disarmor, and she Lacey taps with a quickness. Instantly taps. But she taps all weird. Like it wasn't like a one, two, three, four. Like, it wasn't like that. It was like a... No, it's like... It's like, who taps like that? It was a very classy way of tapping. Stop it. You stop it right now. But... So cool. she retains the the first of the title matches. She's going up the ramp. And we figure, okay, she's got two matches. She'll have one now, early in the night. And then she'll have the second one be and like... She'll have, like, the penultimate match. Yeah, exactly. The penultimate match. Burps. It's whose music hits? Charlotte Flair. And she's just like, turn back around and go back in the ring. We're doing this now. And we're like, oh God, Becky is about to lose her belt. And now this is where, again, do like, in okay, we're kayfabe, not kayfabe, whatever. There's a set order of matches, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Right? Vince McMahon is the promoter, the booker, whatever you want to call him in kayfabe. He sets up the show. He decides who goes on when. Because mm-hmm. someone has to do that. Yeah. Right? Even if we're talking, pretending like this is all real, if we're talking kayfabe, you don't just all show up and just decide when you go on. Someone has to put together the order of who goes on when. Yes. Right? 
So, if that's the case, who the F is Charlotte to just decide she comes out for her next match? For the match next? Mm-hmm. If there's an order in place, then who, like, Becky would know if it's back-to-back. Mm-hmm. The announcers would know if it's back-to-back. No, they would, They made it seem like Becky was having the Royal Women's Championship match, and then later down the line, she was going to have the SmackDown Women's Championship. Exactly. But, I don't, so then, no... She just comes down, she decides, now we have the match. For reasons. For Because reasons. She's Ric Flair's daughter. And, and, and they make it seem like it's Becky's decision. Oh, well, she agreed to it. Since when is that the case? How many times have we watched Raw or SmackDown and two wrestlers decide, oh, yeah, we're going to fight right now. And an authority figure comes down and goes, no, we make the batches. Mm-hmm. So now the rest are decides when they take a match? It's very head-scratchy. It doesn't make any sense. So whatever, so fine, whatever. Let, let's all play along with this shenanigans. So Charlotte comes out, they have the match, and my immediate worry was, here comes the squash. Here's Becky's gonna lose it, and that'll be that. And much to my surprise, it wasn't a squash. Was it a full fledged match that they could have had that would have gone 15 minutes? No. No. It went about six. But at least there was some back and forth. Yeah. At it wasn't least just it looked her beating, getting beaten on by Exactly. Charlie. At least it looked like Becky was gonna actually have a chance to win this thing. Mm hmm. As a matter of fact, I thought she was actually going to win until here comes, you know, stupid face Lacey Evans. Hits um hits Becky with the women's right. So then Becky so Charlotte tries to take advantage initially, mm-hmm. but Becky turns into a small package. Charlotte kicks out, and then Charlotte hits her with a big boot. One and there it is. Two, three. Charlotte is the nine time women's champion. Pure stupidity. Pure stupidity. Post match, they're outside the ring, and Lacey Evans and Charlotte are both beating on Becky. Yeah, because once Becky comes to, she just flies out the ring and so starts it, beating yeah. up on Lacey Evans. Because she, she calls her the match. Yeah, she attacked Lacey Evans. So then Charlotte comes out to help Lacey, and they start a calculated attack where they start like beating up. Becky Lynch, they put her back in the ring, and the two of them start beating on her. Yeah, in the corner. And we're like, yo, Bailey needs to come out. And the, the fans start chanting, we want Bailey, we want Bailey, we want Bailey. And, um, and like, if you feel, like, WWE has the way of making you feel like someone's going to come out. Mm-hmm. And so you can feel it building, but I'm watching, I'm like, I don't see Bailey. I don't see nobody. I don't see nobody. Because WWE has two ways. Either they, like, the person just runs out, mm-hmm. or music hits, and then the person comes out. So I'm waiting, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm waiting to hear the crowd pop, I'm waiting for the spotlight to move, nothing. And then finally, her music hits. Yep. She comes out, and she comes out running with the briefcase that she just won. And so we go, oh. I'm like, she's cashing in. She gonna cash in? Mm-hmm. She gonna cash in? So she jumps in, she leaves the briefcase pretty much at the, uh, like at the edge of the ring. <clears throat> and she starts helping Becky, she, cle- she clears out Lacey Evans easy. But then Charlotte gets the upper hand, but then she turns it on her. And then I saw at some point, 
Charlotte's just prone in the corner. Yeah, after um, Becky threw her head first into it. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, Bailey. Bailey, Bailey yeah, Becky. Bailey. At this point, Becky had rolled out and mm-hmm. she was she was gone. So now Charlotte's prone in the corner, and Becky and then Bailey looks at Charlotte, looks at the ref, looks at Charlotte, looks at the ref, takes a step back, looks at the briefcase, walks over to the briefcase, picks up the briefcase, looks at it and goes, "Okay, yeah, let's do it." Smacks the briefcase, tells the ref that she wants to cash in, gives the Kyoto, Kyoto cashes it in. She pulls Charlotte from the corner, goes up for the elbow drop. One, two, three. Bailey is your new SmackDown Women's Champion. So it's not the way I booked it, but I'm cool with this. I still think that the way that you booked it would have transitioned Sasha back into the main roster. I 100% agree. And I think that could have taken you down to SummerSlam. And we would have had a killer feud between those two. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not crazy about Charlotte getting another title win. Because even though it lasted all of like 30 seconds, she can now still claim that she is a nine-time champion. On Twitter, even, she's saying, mm-hmm. no matter what, I'm still the nine-time champion. Hate it. Makes me sick. Yeah, it, it's, it is pretty annoying. That they're, they're, you're talking about not having your own identity with mm. Natalia. Mm. Well, I mean, what is Charlotte? True. They're going to give her, her, her the same reign as her dad. Yeah. 16 different, you know, women's championship reigns. Disgusting. It's lazy. It's sad. It's pathetic. You know what wasn't sad and pathetic? Eh. The absolute squash match of Roman Reigns. <laughs> <and Giannis. laughs> that was great. It's exactly what the doctor ordered. So, Roman Reigns is backstage. They're showing him walk towards the ring. And Elias is stalking him and hits him with the acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Walks out to no music. Hello, no, I am Elias. Uh-huh. Runs down Hartford. Of course. All right, I'm going to do what you guys can't, and that's leave this stinking town of Hartford. Mm-hmm. He's walking. He's at the top of the stage. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns music hits, and it's Superman punch, and your main concern was not, is this a squash match, <laughs> but hey, that's an expensive guitar that they just it's dropped. It's a super expensive guitar. Dude, he has an all-white Fender Stratocaster, looks American-made, and he just drops it. Just drops it. You know how expensive those guitars are? No, I don't, because I'm not a musician. They're like two Gs. Easily. They can afford it. But I can't. That's not okay. Just scuffing a beautiful old white Fender Strat just like, you know, yo, if you're not going to care for it, I can give you my address, WWE. Send it this way. I Send it yonder. Keep it in pristine condition. You ever notice when the, like a wrestler comes out and the person's already like there, they have to wait like five seconds before they can acknowledge the other wrestler? Mm-hmm. Like, what's his face? Elias is at the top of the, at the, top of the stage Roman's music hits, and the, the, the stage shows his stuff, and Elias waits like three seconds before he goes... And he looks behind him first. Yeah, I was like, what? I heard the music before you did. Come on, like, that doesn't make any sense. That's like... Why is your reaction time so much late? And it's always not just him. Jinder Mahal's terrible with it's it. It's always. The music will hit, the stage will come on, everything, blah, 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 and they'll act like it did. And Oh, oh, oh my God. What? 
was like, is that music really playing? Buffoons. Buffoons. But anyway, Superman, Superman punched, spear, GG no re. Elias gets squashed by Roman Reigns. Well, I'm cool with that. I, I'm happy it was a, a quick match. Fact. There were so many matches on this card, we needed some quick squashes. Um, next was the the Seth versus AJ match, was it not? Universal Championship match. Or was this the, the Lucha House Party? Well, yes and no. So the Lucha House Party did come out. It was next, right? Yes. So Lucha House Party comes out, and they're like, in the three-man tag team match, Lucha House Party comes out, blah, 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 and we're like, why are we having another match? And who could they possibly be facing? What other three-man tag team exists that's not hurt? Oh, Undisputed Era. Right? They come out, they do their spiel, and it's like, yeah, every day is a Lucha House Party, woo! Oh, I was like, all right, cool. Lindsay Dorado was talking like he's Mexican, he was Puerto Rican. I was like, what is happening? And then, Lars Sullivan music hits. I'm like, oh, God. Is this going to be a three-on-one? That's what I thought, too. Is this going to be a handicap match? No. He just murdered the three of them. Oh, they clearly said, six-man tag, and then Lars comes out and... Murders everybody. ...kiboshes the whole thing, which I'm happy about, because I wouldn't have been able to sit through a Lucha House Party match. Agreed. Headbutts Kalisto... Cracks his head wide open. Lars Sullivan cracks his own head open. Yeah. And then uh, call it a day. I was like, all right, cool, thanks. Not sure we needed that, but all right. And then we had Seth freaking Rollins versus the phenomenal AJ Styles. And it was a very, very good match. In the notes here, there's not much. Because we were so engulfed in the match mm-hmm. that I just I couldn't pay attention to taking notes. It was just such a good match, and it and it, and it built and it built. And at first, it, it started off slow, and I was concerned because sometimes you get two like in ring workers who, for whatever reason, they just don't mesh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I hope it doesn't happen with these two, because these two are arguably the two best ring workers that the WWE has. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I really hope this doesn't suck. And it picks up and picks up and picks up and picks up and it crescendos and crescendos and continues to build and build and build and build and build to the point where I'm at the edge of my seat hoping and praying stupidly, like naively, that AJ's going to win. But he doesn't, of course. But when he caught Seth, so Seth goes for the, the, the stomp. Stomp. The stomp. AJ catches him and puts him in the Styles Styles Clash Clash and he hits it and man between the two of them the way they sell and the ref selling that three count for a second I thought AJ was going to win man I saw and I got hippity hype I saw the reversal coming a mile away oh yeah you called it like five seconds before it happened I was like he's going to go for the stomp he's going to pop him up Styles Clash but he's not going to win but Seth AJ and the ref all did a good job as, like, wow, maybe AJ is going to win this. Because it's like, one, two, kick out. I was like, man, that was close. But after he hit that, I was just like, well, it's you a wrap. And you and I kind of, we figured out WWE's formula when it comes to big matches. Mm-hmm. 
So we know, and when it, depending on the wrestler, we know, okay, they have to hit this mod, this mod, this spot, this spot, and this spot. They have to do this, this, and this. Whoever hits this part first, that's how we know who's going to win. Yeah. Like, we've sort of figured out WWE's formula when it comes to big matches with their big superstars. And so once AJ hit the Styles Clash and Seth kicked out, we both were just like, oh, okay. We know where this is in. Uh, we know it's going to go... Phenomenal form, reversed, super kick, stomp, stomp, Seth Rollins wins. Which is exactly what happened. It was the phenomenal form reversed into the revolution knee, a.k.a. the ribcord knee, a.k.a. the knee, the, a.k.a. the king's landing, because I think it's had a million names. Yes. From there to the super kick, into the stomp, a.k.a. the curb stomp, and, uh, and that was it. Seth Rollins came out on top. And post-match, Seth Rollins is celebrating in the ring. AJ leaves, storms back to the ring, and we're like, uh-oh, AJ Styles' heel turn? Sticks his hand out. Gentlemen's uh, congratulations. And AJ, like, says to him, because Seth is taking his time in terms of, like, yo, should I shake his hand or not? Mm-hmm. And AJ's like, yo, this is hard for me to do. So, mm-hmm. like... Like, let's do this. Shakes his hand. AJ leaves. And Seth continues to celebrate. As much as he doesn't need it, I really would like to see AJ hold that universal title at least once before he retires. Yeah. Because I, I hate the idea of anyone having to say anything against AJ being one of the best of all time. Yeah. And that would be the final feather in the cap. You know? He's won every title that TNA has to offer, mm-hmm. other than knockouts, because he can't, genetically. Yeah. Or whatever, gender-wise. Um, he's won some sort of gold in, in Ring of Honor. He's the ROH Pure Champion. Right. And won the tag titles. He was the IWGP Heavyweight Champion in Japan. Mm-hmm. Twice. Two-time WWE Champion, including a reign... That was the eighth longest in history. Two-time United States champion. Two-time U.S. champion. And now, if he were to be able to win the Universal Championship, who can argue with him? Who can say a single thing about AJ not being in that conversation the best of all time? No one. You know? And this is coming from someone who I'm not like you, Shades. Like Shades has been an AJ fan since AJ Styles was AJ Styles is AJ Styles. Since before he had babies. This is Since he had short hair, no facial hair, trunks, elbow pads, no gloves, wristbands, when I thought he looked a chump. I've been watching, I, first time I've seen AJ Styles is when he was in the WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Championship Tournament. Exactly my point. You've been Team AJ for God knows how long. I have not been. But even I, at this junction, would hate for anyone... To try and say AJ is not one of the best of all time. So I want him to get that universal title just just in case someone wants to say something stupid. You know? But anyway, I digress. Shall I move on to the uh, penultimate match of the evening? For me, there's nothing to really cover except Kofi Kingston wins. Yeah, that's about right. That's it. I... I I have people on Facebook 
if Kofi doesn't win, I'm gonna be upset. Like, why? He he's so blah. Blah. Yep. If if you wanted to give him that feel good moment, sure, whatever. He needs to lose the WWE Championship as soon as possible. Agreed. Who's going to do it? I don't know. But I, I'm I'm bored with. I was never on Kofi Mania. Same here. Was never about it. Didn't really care for it. But the fans were. My thing is, hey, if you switch out with the original guy that was supposed to be there. Ali, mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan is still WWE champion. One hundred percent, without question. That, that, I mean, that's, that's that's all it is. Yeah, I mean, I just where do you go from here? What's next for Kofi? You can, you're not putting him with Roman because Roman will 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 eat him up. Yeah. Yep, he definitely would. So you have to keep him away from Roman, but you have to continue to feed him people that he can conceivably beat. Who you got on SmackDown? That fits that that fits that category. Before you start turning the WWE Championship into the mid card belt, they can put him in Randy Orton. Sure, relive the feud that was once for the IC title. And for SmackDown, we knew SmackDown had safe booking. Like, yo, SmackDown's going to have good feuds. Now it's like, wow. SmackDown's a dumpster fire. This is the one time that... And this is my issue with WWE casual fans. This is the one time where I wish the WWE had not listened to the fans. Because they listened to everyone their Kofi Mania nonsense. And it was not for the better. And now, now, if and when... This falls apart. Vince will be justified in saying, "Oh, you see, the fans don't always know. The fans aren't always right." Because the casuals are the ones who show up on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown are all about Kofi Mania, and they don't think about the long-term side effects mm-hmm. of having Kofi be the champion. Because now, until or unless you put him up against someone who is above him, this is the new mid-card championship. Because he cannot hang with the with the top guys. Yeah. I mean... Is anyone going to really believe that he's going to beat Roman Reigns? No. No. Absolutely not. You had Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar. You had Roman Reigns beat AJ Styles. Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns beat everybody you have, and Kofi's going to beat him? No. So you have your top guy who you can't even put in your main event scene because you have to protect your current champion. Mm-hmm. How does that make sense? And all that sympathy that Roman has gained from the whole leukemia thing. That's falling out the window. Once he beats Kofi Kingston, that's it. It's it's back to booing him. It doesn't... This is when long-term booking matters. This is when having a plan matters because now what now what well they, they who does smackdown have on their roster almost okay he's not main event right now no he's only made event because he's going to be in the main event you know what i mean like because they don't have a choice exactly 
anyone that he competes with right now are going to be all these guys who are going to be put in the main event scene because he needs people to go up against. They messed up. Yeah, they, 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 they wrote themselves into a corner now with the SmackDown. At least. At least SmackDown is... That's another reason why Money in the Bank and the contract would have been perfect to help WWE solve this problem. Mm-hmm. They could have had somebody else win it so they can take it off of Kofi. And then have them serve the transitional champion if need be. Let's say Almas wins it, takes it off of Kofi, serves as a champion for, I don't know, a month, and then let Roman take it off of him. That's believable. Yeah. Roman's already, like, people look at Roman as your top guy. Yeah. Put her on him. Oh, well, they book him like he's their top guy also. So. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that because I'm a fan of Roman Reigns, because God knows I'm not. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want the WWE Championship being treated like an IC title, like the IC title, like the European or the US or whatever. Oh, we didn't even mention that. Oh, no, well, we'll get to that. Oh. It's just... They rolled themselves into a hole. And now they're scrambling and they don't know what they're doing. And everyone who was giving me guff about being anti-Kofi during WrestleMania season, they're going to see. They're probably telling me still now, oh, no, 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 Kofi, 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 Kofi. Okay. Let's see what happens when they have nothing left to do. But what do I know? I just watch this stuff. I mean, has Kofi had anything close to a three-star match? Other than the gauntlet and the and the chamber? No. I don't think so. I saw something today that him versus Daniel Bryan at Mania was like one of the best matches of the year. But absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. It's probably your most feel-good moment of the year. Sure. Man, I don't know. Anyway. Let's, let's move on to the main event. The fantastic main event. So the Money in the Bank ladder match for the men, which we discussed at the beginning of the show, that featured Mustafa Ali, Andrade Cien Almas, Ricochet, Randy Orton, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre. Always one. There's always one. There's always one. And Finn Balor. There you go. Yeah. I was going to hit you with that family family feud buzzer. <laughs> Originally, it was supposed to be Braun Strowman as the eighth. But last week, he lost a match against Sami Zayn. So it was supposed to be Sami Zayn. But then he was incapacitated. Literally left, hanging upside left down. Left hanging upside down. So he was taken out of the match. Um, so they started the match with just the seven guys. And it was a really good match, just from the start. You know... You had guys that you knew were going to be able to pull off some great spots because of who they are and their styles and the ladders. Mm-hmm. You know, Almas, Balor, Ali, um, Ricochet. Ricochet. You knew that those four guys with the ladder in their hands were going to be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And then the Bruisers did what the Bruisers got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they were physical. They were they were strong. They were hitting people left and right, putting people through the ladders. It's like the lighter guys dictated the pace of the match, mm-hmm. and your your heavy hitters kind of meld them out. Yeah, with their power or their size, and there was spots of plenty. 
Oh, yeah. And what's great is that in, in matches like this, you have, like you said, the quick guys who are doing all the high-flying stuff, getting the fans all into it, and then you have the bruisers who shut it down. Mm-hmm. Which also feeds into the match. You mm-hmm. know? Oh, man, they killed that guy. You know? You have the fans going, oh, my God, that's amazing. Oh, my God. oh man, he's dead now. He's dead. Yeah, we had this is awesome chance, and I was for the first time like all year. I was yeah, like, you're not wrong. Yeah, you know what? You're not wrong, Hartford. Yeah, yeah. It it was um, it's very very good match. We had let's see, what are some of the spots? We had Almas do the sunset flip powerbomb with Finn Balor, who bounced off the ladder a second time. Mm-hmm. That was insane. We had Ricochet get thrown. From the ring by uh, by McIntyre through a ladder that was perched between the ring and the announce table. Mm-hmm. That was jacked up. We had um, Baron Corbin choke slam the living everything out of Mustafa through one of the announce tables. Where I was like, yo, did, did he slight you in some way? Why are you so angry? The poor man has life to live. He's got a family. What else? What other spots? We had the Spanish fly off the ladder. Spanish fly off the ladder. We had the the ricochet uh, torpe uh, suicida reverse into the uh, the deep six. The deep six. We had what else? The spots are plenty. Spots are plenty. It was just it was an incredible match. And unfortunately, when we thought Mustafa was going to go ahead and, and take that briefcase, which, if he won the briefcase, I would have mixed feelings about. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I am a Mustafa Ali fan, but I think, I think it's way too soon for him to have that. Yeah. Um, so I would have had mixed emotions about it. But I would have been way, way, way happier than with the end result of Brock Lesnar coming out and winning it. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do. doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not looking forward to Raw tomorrow night. Nor am I. That's for sure. Hell, I'm not even looking forward to SmackDown. What's a SmackDown? Is it October yet? If it moves to Friday with these rosters, Fox is going to flip their lid. Because we're like, hey, we gave you guys a contract. Well, that's why they have the billion card dollars, And you... You have us airing Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. That's why they have the wild card rule. Doesn't work. Well, I know that. You know that. But WWE does, Vince doesn't know that because he's Vince. <sighs> so let's let's wrap this up with some well, quick little bit of news. They unveiled during the show that tomorrow night on Raw, McFoley would be unveiling a brand new championship to WWE. A lot of speculation. Came completely out of nowhere. And so a lot of the rumors are, well, because it's McFoley, it's probably the hardcore championship. Which doesn't work in the PG era right now. 100%. But I can't imagine what else it could possibly be. They have a mid-card belt on each side. They have a women's title on each side. They have a main title on each side. The only extra belt is the cruiserweight. They're not going to put the light heavyweight title back. I'm like, what is this, New Japan? They're going to, instead of the never open weight, it's going to be the always closed weight? Like, I don't understand. What is this? Is this super junior, is it junior, junior 
heavyweight championship? Like, yeah, what are they going to do? I have no idea. We already have the women's tag. Like, what, what are we doing here? We have two women's singles championships, two men's tag team, one women's tag team, two mid-card belts, two main belts. And, and the cruiserweight. And the cruiserweight. Now, this third belt, well, third belt technically, is this new belt. Mm-hmm. What show is it going to be on? Is it going to be on both? Is it going to be on one? Is it going to be on 205? We don't know. We will find out tomorrow, apparently. But let's let's do what we do. Let's give our ratings for this show, shall we? Yeah. I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Watching that match, it was a four. Mm-hmm. That's a pay-per-view. Okay. And then... The ending brought it down for me a lot. And, like, us doing the recap and thinking about, like, all right, this happened, that happened, that was dumb, that was dumb. I settled at a 2.5. Ooh. Hush. Yeah. Uh, the ref botching the Steel Cage match and the Lacey Evans match and Brock coming out winning Money in the Bank really like soured the pay-per-view for me okay okay 2.5 out of 5 wow wow I told you like that Brock that Brock thing made the the pay-per-view nosedive for me okay fair enough so I've always we talked about this before I always started at 5 mm-hmm. and then the crap that comes along I, I chip away at it mm-hmm. so you have the Shane and Miz match we're down to a four and a half. Tony Nese and Ari Davari, we're down to a four. You have the um, the Lars Sullivan stuff, three seven five. And then you have Brock. And that's worth a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's worth a lot because that match was so good. Mm-hmm. And like I said to you well, right before we went on the air. I was like, I probably would have given this show about a 3.75, something like that, yeah. without the Brock. With the Brock, I've got to go to 3. Wow. So they didn't drop that much. It's got to be a 3. I, that, 0.75, I think, is a lot to drop. Mm-hmm. Oh, mine, mine dropped, like... Well, you went from a 4 to a 2.5. We didn't drop too much far off of each other. Mm, yeah. But I just... It was a really, it was an enjoyable pay-per-view. Yeah, it wasn't horrible. And the fact that the show ended and the next half an hour was just me sitting here going, Brock freaking Lesnar. I, I can't let that sit. That's not okay. It's not okay. So three. I'm going to say three. Okay. A comfortable three. Like, if someone sneezed the wrong way, we're dropping to 275. Okay. Uh, for me, you have to take into consideration that ref not counting for Lacey and then the leg on the rope during a steel cage match. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it didn't have an effect on the result. It didn't, didn't. Because then, like, all right, maybe, maybe they would have counted one, two, and then Becky would have kicked out. Mm. The, the Shane getting his leg on the rope thing completely changed the entire momentum of the match fair but it didn't it wasn't like 
The Miz is gonna win. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it didn't. It wasn't a botched finish. It was just bad refing. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that wraps up our recap and review of WWE Money in the Bank 2019. Uh, overall, good show. Some some booking that we were fans of, and a lot of booking that we were not fans of, and Brock Lesnar get away from my TV screen. But until then, make sure you are always listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples to Apples. It's Grapples a number. Two, Apples, if you're not going to catch us on SoundCloud, look for us on Google Play Music or on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to look us up on social media. We're on Facebook.com slash Grapples to Apples. We're also on Twitter.com slash Grapples to Apples. Again, that's Grapples, the number two, Apples. As always, I've been one of your hosts, Will the Thrill, Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English. Whatever you need me to be, that's who I am, because that's who I'll be for you, baby. Join always. Bye. Man of the hour, the man with the power, too gosh darn sweet to be sour. Cream of the crop, straight to the top. Your boy, Shades. As always, thanks for listening, and we will catch you for this week's weekly episode on Wednesday morning. Don't forget to tune in. Until then, peace. Peace and love.